Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show, where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm so excited to be back another week here on bizradio.us. I just want to thank all the listeners, as always, for downloading the podcast and listening. We have a lot of new episodes coming on in the fall, and I couldn't think of a, a better person to kick this off with. Um, today's guest is this is her third time on the show. So she's definitely a friend of bizradio.us. She is a Brooklyn, New York native, just like myself. And she relocated to Greenville, South Carolina, where she currently resides. She is the chief operating officer for Cassie Electric, which is a family owned business owned by her mother, master electrician Cassandra Cassie Brayboy. Services offered by Cassie Electric includes installation, repair lighting, new ceiling fans, overhead lighting, smoke and carbon monoxide detectors, and so much more. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my sister, my friend, Ms. Ebony Sullivan. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me again, V. So glad to be here. Thank you. I tell Ebony, she's like my filler guest. I love her. But when I'm like, <laughs> I need somebody on the show last minute and I know it will be a good show. I know I could call Miss Sullivan. So Ebony, just if you don't mind, I know it's your third time. But if for those that didn't listen to the first two interviews, if you can just give a quick little background about yourself, how you became a part of the family business, and then we'll just jump right in today. Yeah, well, um, again, my name is Ebony Sullivan. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Cassie Electric. We are a full-service electrical contractor located in the upstate of South Carolina. Um, we service the entire state of South Carolina and are looking to venture into, to, into new markets. I came into my family business uh, when my mom was about 57-ish, and we were having conversations around retirement, and she had no plan. Um, she kind of, kinda th- <laughs> she was like, yeah, so that thing, I don't know anything about that. And um, I really had no interest. I had my own career. I worked for the Chamber of Commerce here in Greenville, was a director level, doing a lot of great things in the community, servicing our business community, traveling across the U.S. to make sure that we were bringing good content and great speakers to our community in Greenville to help um, magnify the small business community and the minority business community. So 
um, I really wasn't interested in anything other than growing my own personal career. I'm a mom of four and was a single mother for a very long time where most of my career was put on the back burner so that I could be available to raise my children and to just take jobs that would allow me that flexibility. And so now that they've gotten older, I was really like, oh, I'm all in on my own personal career track. And then my mom and I started talking about retirement and she just had no idea what that was going to look like. Um, so I had applied for Minority Business Accelerator program for her. And she said, great, I'm glad we got in. Now you have to go. Um, and my company was actually putting the, the event on. And so I could not see how I was going to work full time for my chamber job and do this full time cohort. And so I turned in my resignation so that I can come into my family business and bring my talents and treasures to help grow and scale the business to get my mom ready for retirement. Wow. That was amazing. <laughs> and I think, you know, I don't I don't think people realize either, you know, you left that job a month before COVID hit. You know, that was February yes. of 2020. Yes. So on top yes. of just leaving a steady job with health benefits, Cassie Electric mm -hmm. at the time didn't have health benefits. Also at the time, Cassie Electric was still very much so, and there's no offense to this, just mom and pop. You know, mm -hmm. it was your mom doing everything, not really having a formal payroll, working with family and friends, taking kind yeah. of jobs, not necessarily competitively bidding them out. So you had a lot of challenges in general. And then on top of that, you know, the pandemic took place. So how were you able to turn around the business in the last two years with all of those challenges? Oh, it's like a big old elephant. And we just ate one at a time. Um, we just took one challenge after another and just tackled it. I leaned a lot on my resources, my connections in the community that I had established through my chamber work. Um, I did a lot of research. I have a degree in business. So I just really went back to the books and became a student of our business. I wanted to know what was working, what wasn't working, developing processes along the way so that we could then um, intensify what we were doing because I didn't know if it was something that was flexible that we could grow or if it was stagnant and we needed to figure something else out. So for the first year, really, I just was a full-time student in our business, really trying to create strategic plans, figure out what was working, what didn't work, scrapping new things, old things, and trying them all over again. And so everything uh -huh. for that first year was a trial and ever, uh, a trial and um and, and an error. And we basically uh -huh. just um, leaned on PPP money. I had to start uh -huh. a payroll. We started the payroll with a company that was able to help us to um, leverage the payroll to be able to then get the PPP funding. Um, by year two, we were turning the corner. We had figured things out. We were then hitting the ground running. We knew exactly what kind of business we wanted to chase. I got our certifications. We are a minority owned, woman owned business, and we are certified. Wow which is a whole process in itself. Um, mm -hmm. But it gave us um, opportunities that we would not have been able to have because people were looking for woman-owned businesses. And mm -hmm. we are the only woman-owned minority electrical contractor in the entire state of South Carolina. Come on, talk so that talk. We are a unicorn in our space. And while that's a great thing, it also brought a lots of challenges because a lot of the white males that were sitting at the table when I would walk in the room were just not used to seeing 
a woman, a black mm-hmm. woman and an electrician, like what? No, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. so year two was really just kicking the tires, breaking up with people. You know, we were having <laughs> to let go of some of mom's old customers that we were now yep. able to see we weren't profitable from. You know, we learned yep. our numbers. We understood our finances. And then that put us in a position this year where we're going to hit one point five million in sales this year. What? And I do want to add that Balance Virtually is the accounting firm for Cassie Electric. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that's huge. And I just want to put that in perspective. So when we were working on the financials, I believe that if the December 31st, 2019 financials, the, it was about a quarter of a million dollars in sales. Yes. And here it is now we're going to be three years later and we have (laughs) increased by more than a million. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty exciting. We need a masterclass, Miss Sullivan. We need you to start (laughs) a masterclass. That's very impressive. And and one thing that you um, noted that we have to address is just the fact, like you said, that you guys are truly double minorities Mm -hmm. in this area. And I was very impressed when you mentioned to me, hey, I'm going to start taking electrician classes. And I'm like, what? So talk about that, too. Like you kind of stepped out of your comfort zone of being um, more, not to say an office person, but you're business minded. Mm -hmm. You've always worked in more of a corporate setting. And to now take these electrician classes at Greenville Tech to learn more about the trade side. why, Why did you feel like that was important for you to do as the COO of your family business? Well, it's part of the succession plan. So my mother's going to be retiring soon and she is the master electrician. She holds the license for our business. Um, And my husband's an electrician. He's a journeyman as well. And so while um, I don't necessarily foresee myself being out in the field pulling wire on a day-to-day basis, I thought that it was very important, not only for the legacy of my mother and our business, that I too hold that Um, license so that I can be as equally as competitive in the field, be respected in that trade as someone who is um, knowledgeable of the field um, and really wanted to, for myself personally, have a deeper understanding of electrical. You know, we do a lot of bidding. I'm sorry, Uh somebody just came in. My dog is Is that Blackie? That's the family dog. Hey, when she you got a family also, business, guys, you got to have the family dog in the office. I'm she, too, also comes to the office with us every day. But, um, yeah, so we just, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't just sitting at the table because my mother handed me the keys to the car. Right. Like I wanted to be able to earn my spot and be knowledgeable. And I'm just a lifelong learner and wanted to just know more about the trade so that I could speak intelligently and articulately with my colleagues in the field and in the industry about what's going on and be abreast of the ever changing codes that take place. Um, And really, it was just a compliment to our business to have another woman licensed electrician on on the team. Man, that's huge. And, you know, that's a a nugget. We always ask guests, and we'll get to that a little later, you know, to provide tips, different jewels for the listeners. And that's a big one, you know, what family businesses. I work with quite a few other family businesses, and you find a lot of times it is that parent or the older person in the family that holds all the knowledge. And when it's intimidating talking about session planning, because maybe some of the children or the family members are like, I know nothing Mm -hmm. about 
this trade or this specific industry. And so I think that is a lot when you're thinking about succession planning, you have to think about someone that is willing to learn Mm -hmm. about the business and really get in the trenches. And I always remember working for, I interned with Rubbermaid and GE, and they had really great programs for people coming into the company where you basically had to work in every area of the business for two Mm -hmm. years. You moved every six months to different locations, but then you were on the fast track to being an executive. And I feel like that's the same way in a family business. You need to be able to start from the bottom. Yeah. Learn all the aspects of the business so that you know, hey, I'm not the expert in all these areas, but I know enough to be dangerous. So I know who's the right fit in those roles. Absolutely. I think that, um, well, <laughs> you know how I feel, V. I put my kids through boot camp. So all yep. my children learn the trade. They all come in, in during summers and they work. My mother teaches them. My husband teaches them so that they get on the job training. Um, and then they progress through the company. You know, my oldest son is our project manager for the company. And he started out in the field every day at 13 years old going to work with Granny, you know. And it was just <laughs> so that they all have one, of course, if they want to come into the business and continue to grow our company out. That's what I'm championing. But if they do something different and then need to find a way to survive, they always have a trade. You know, they always can earn and make money. So I'm a huge advocate for trade and skilled laborers um, just because you will always have a means to provide for yourself and for your family, irregardless of what's going on in the community. I mean, there's still houses being built. There's still people who own homes and there's always going to be electrical needs, um, period. So you learn a trade, plumbing, Mm -hmm. electrical, carpentry, you always have a job. Absolutely. And I hope that more schools bring those trades back. I mean, I mm-hmm. remember graduating just in, I say just in 2000, oh my gosh, 22 years ago <laughs> from high school, but we had a shop class and we had beautician classes and we had baking mm-hmm. classes. And I believe here in Asheville, they had that at Asheville High School, but that's like the only school that I'm hearing yeah. that's doing that. So I love that because not everybody's meant to go to college and that's okay. No. Um, And we do need to have people in trades. And I think that shows a lot with you having a higher level degree, still saying, hey, I still need to understand the trade. I'm working in this trade. Absolutely. And I also think that, yes, if you're a business owner and for all the entrepreneurs, um, here's your nugget. (laughs) It's not just about learning the trade, but you also have to be a student of your business. Oftentimes, all the things that we don't like to do, we want to give it off to somebody else for them to do for us. Particularly in family businesses, this is extremely important because somebody could steal from you. You know, oftentimes this is how people file bankruptcy or they lose their business is because they're not a student of their business. They don't know all of the inner workings that's happening. They're dependent and relying on someone else to give them information about their business that they that they should know. Like mm-hmm. nobody should be handing over their books to a CPA mm-hmm. or an accountant until they understand what their books mean to them. 
yeah. how to put things in, how to be able to do these transactions, how much my services are worth, how much money am I making? You need to learn that before you hand it off. And so don't get too caught up in baking pies if you're a pie baker and not being a student of your business. And the same thing with trade. Don't get so caught up in just learning a trade that you're a great electrician, but you're a really bad business owner, you know, because those don't translate into one another. Just because mm -hmm. I know something like pie baking doesn't mean I'm a business owner, you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't really fully understand that. They're like, let me go out and start this business because all my friends say I'm the best chef and mm -hmm. oh, they love my collard greens so much that I should open up this new business. And then they fail. Well, they mm -hmm. fail because they're great at making collard greens, but they're not really good at understanding or being a student of their business. So I think that they are equally as important and and, and people shouldn't forget that. Wow. And, and with you saying that, also, I want to add your business is never going to grow if you're always no. just in it, because some businesses do last without getting into all the details, but they're not scaling up. No, and, it's and no growth. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest thing that we've seen with your family business. And I and, and there's no disrespect to your mom. It was just the fact that your mom also had a full time job. You oh, know, yeah. she and was then, a hobbyist. That's mm -hmm. what I call them. You know, I teach a class called doing business with intention to micro entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs. And that's what I tell them. You can be a hobbyist and a hobbyist is someone that, yeah, they make money for their hobby, but they're not a business owner, you know? Mm -hmm. And my mother was that. She had a lifestyle business. It was affording her to be able to take care of her grandkids and do mm -hmm. things for her children and mm -hmm. live the life that she wanted to live. But she wasn't an employer. You know, she didn't have a payroll. She wasn't growing the business. She was living in the business, um, you know, there was a lot of co-mingling of funds. She didn't know oh, if she was yes. actually <laughs> making money from the business or right, not. You know, right. she wasn't paying herself a wage. She just was whipping out the debit card mm -hmm. from the business, you know. And so those are the things that hobbyists do. Real business owners, true entrepreneurs, people who are looking to grow the business, they should have the end in mind. And the end in mind should be, I've, I'm going to sell this thing one day and I want it to be worth as much as it can be so that somebody else wants to buy it from me. Mm -hmm. Or I want to hand this thing over to someone else in my family where there's a legacy that we're leaving behind. But either way, you need to have the infrastructure and the support of a true business, not a hobby. Oh, I love that. And and before we go, Ebony, I just still want to wrap up the succession planning. So you've now really been working in the business almost three years. You've increased revenue over a million dollars. You guys have branding. Every time I see stuff on social media, it's all this fun stuff. So what is left that you feel like you still need to do to feel comfortable that, OK, my mom can retire right now and we're good to go? Yeah, so we we started um, insurance benefits here for the team, which was something my mother didn't have. So now she has medical care. Mm -hmm. um, we also started a 401k plan here at the company, which um, we can now match our employees through the company. Mm -hmm. But for my mother, this was the retirement plan. So mm -hmm. we're now aggressively paying into her retirement plan. We're also working on an operating agreement and changing over the full 100% ownership of the business from my mother to us now having shared 60-40 um, um, ownership in the company, just 
purchasing some shares from her basically mm -hmm. is what I'll be doing. Um, we're outlining within the next, because she'll be 61 this year, but we're outlining within the next three to four years when she'll turn 65 and be eligible for some of the um, Social Security benefits and Medicare. We're going to mm -hmm. be combining that. So a lot of meetings with our financial planners mm -hmm. um, to help us outline a fast track plan for her to have a nest egg of cash. The business will also support her because she is still majority owner of the business. And so we're just looking at all organizational structure for how things look beyond her and how we start to transition into that financially as well as organizationally. That's so good because I think a lot of times people get overwhelmed and they're like, I don't even know where to begin. And the biggest takeaways that I've heard from what you said was, okay, it's going to take a little bit of time. You know, sure. this isn't just going to happen in a year. It might take five to six years, but also you have key players. You have a great um, tax accountant, Mr. Bill Robinson, mm -hmm. who we love down in Spartanburg. You have a good financial planner. You have a good accounting team, Balance Virtually, that I own. So you had all these things in place. You had to also get health benefits. So I mm -hmm. think for those that are listening that you're like, you know, well, we have a family business and this isn't as overwhelming as I thought, you know, changing the percentage of ownership. I love that. It's not like you guys are just kicking your mom out. No. She's still an owner. It's just kind of shifting gradually the majority mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. to those that are actually going to be in the operations day to day. And I think that blueprint in itself is amazing. And I hope that that's something in the class that you mentioned that you can provide to your students because it's a need. So many people just don't know where to start. And I think the way that you're doing it, it's very thought out. You've researched it and it should put your mom at ease that, yes, I've put years into this business and I feel good walking away from the day to day, but still having some say in what happens in the business. Absolutely. She's excited that the retirement is vastly approaching and she is um, going to live her best life. And I'm excited for her. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Ebony, just like that, we're already to the end of the show. And I would love for you to just plug Cassie Electric information for those that are listening that is um, in the South Carolina area and that would love to use you guys' services. Sure. CassieElectric.com. That's C-A-S-S-Y Electric.com. 864-735-8882. We're on social media, on Facebook, Cassie Electric, Instagram, Cassie Electric, and even Twitter. And we've got the best marketing manager, my daughter, Jalen Farr. So she's showing out. Make sure you follow us on those social media outlets. Yes, and I got to shout out Jylan because she's going to be helping me with my bizradio.us social media because I want to yes. see this year. So you guys definitely have inspired me. And as always, thank you so much, Ms. Sullivan, for coming and gracing us with these nuggets that you always give. I'm always telling Ebony, we need to package this. We need to write a book. We need to get a masterclass. We need there's so many things <laughs> while we're still growing the business. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I also want to thank the listeners for tuning in and please come back next week. Same time, same place, 10 a.m. on Wednesdays on bizradio.us. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events and more.